This is Toastcaster, your communication, leadership, and learning lab with your host, Greg Gazin. Episode 117, Memory and Visualization Techniques for Better Recall and Better Learning with our guest, Kevin Oxner. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of Toastcaster, your communication leadership and learning lab. This is your host, Greg Gazin. We have on the line a Toastcaster regular, Kevin Oxner, and this will be his seventh episode. It seems like Kevin gets on about every 20, and ironically, the last one was 97. Kevin is known for his expertise in visual productivity, mind mapping, memory, learning, he even came on in episode 75 and he talked about doing a personal content audit, which really enlightened a lot of our listeners. Last time Kevin joined us, he talked about memory techniques to remember just about anything. So I was listening to a presentation recently and I noticed that the, the speaker sort of lost her train of thought. She sort of was grasping for the next couple of words. So then I thought this would be a great idea to bring Kevin back. And we thought this would be a fantastic follow-up to that episode. Just to remind people, for those of you who didn't get a chance to listen to it, some of the things that Kevin talked about was ways of being able to remember things better. He talked about remembering names, remembering faces, even techniques to recall quotes and who gave them. And of course, at that time, he was working in manufacturing and he was remembering these like 16-digit part numbers, which... Totally blow me away because I have trouble remembering license plate numbers and phone numbers. But nevertheless, we, we've got Kevin back on the episode and we're just going to find out a little bit more about what Kevin's been up to, some of the new things he's been working on, and he's got some ideas to share with us how we can also remember in our presentations in everyday life. Kevin Oxner, welcome back to Toastcaster. Oh, Craig, thanks so much. It's great to be back on the show. Like every 20 episodes, I'm looking forward to this. So I guess I'll see you at, what, 137 are we looking at now? <laughs> or maybe sooner. The last time you were on the show, we talked about memory, and at that time you were learning some new techniques. How have you come so far? I spent a lot of time on these memory techniques, and there was one thing I did learn that maybe wasn't a great thing. So I think I may have mentioned it in the last show, too, where... I learned this a three-digit system. So I made a picture, an image, for every number from 000 all the way to 999. And go, looking back now, in hindsight, I would not have done that. So there were some certain things where I would have made, picked a smaller, maybe 100 numbers, and gotten good at some other things instead of that. Uh, and the reason why I say this is because what I've really found is that memory, it's great to have all these little tips and techniques, but you still have to practice remembering this stuff and then recalling it. And so I spent all that time learning, all, having all these pictures, all these images, and I didn't spend that much time recalling things. And so when I actually tried to memorize things and recall them, it was a little foggy. So lately I've been spending a lot more time on doing that, encoding things, and then using my, my strange powers of recall to, uh, to try and remember, remember what I was remembering. Does that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We encourage people to go back and listen to episode 97. Just briefly, Kevin, could you just maybe reiterate one of the techniques that you use to remember the numbers, like I remember bus or something. I... Yeah, right. So the example I gave, and I, there's different systems out there. The one I use is called the major system. And what the major system does is it takes numbers and it assigns a sound to it, a consonant sound to the numbers. So the one you said buses, usually a nine in this system has either a P or a B sound to it. 
and a zero will have an S or a Z sound. So because we have buses, there's the nine for the B and then the S for the zero and S for the other zero. You don't have to always have things perfect. You can make up whatever system you want, whatever image. But when you're trying to remember all these images at first, it's nice to say, okay, okay, what was 900? Let me see. P, p, buses. Okay, 900's buses. So it's just one of those things where when you're first learning the system, it helps you pick it up. After you know the system, it doesn't matter what the picture is. Fast forwarding to today, you're you're suggesting that we spend too much time, what did you say, encoding and not enough recalling. What are some of the things that you have been doing with that? So Greg, I've, I'm taking the next step and I'm going, I've gone back to get an education degree. And my wife already teaches. And so as both, when we're both teachers, we're going to be over in Abu Dhabi and it'll align things up so we can have good holidays and all those neat little things. Because I went back, I spent the last two semesters using these memory concepts to help with my university courses. I was absolutely blown away with how well these worked for the courses. Wow. Tell me more. <laughs> what I did is I have, I've lived in several different cities in Canada and Asia, but I've made these paths. So mostly in the houses that I've lived in. So I can start at the front door or the garage in the case of one house, and I can make my way through and I have all these little points. And all I do is I just take those points and I can add some sort of vivid imagery to those points. And I can remember all the concepts in my university classes. I can remember actually vividly sitting down for a midterm and they had, I flipped through the, the paper and I looked and it was, you know, it had all these questions like list these four things and describe them. Da, 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 da. You know, Cause we had learned several, several lists and I went through and I looked and I smiled and I'm like, I know all of these. I could give you 10 instead of four because I just, I knew all of these things. So it was actually that, that was one of the points where I was like, this stuff really works. So how can we apply this in our businesses? It's great in school because in school you get to learn things and then, of course, you have to recall them for an exam. How can we apply this in our businesses or in our daily lives? Exactly. So a great example of how you can use this, Greg, is in presentations or even in a project. If you need something, maybe there's some certain steps you have to go through step by step by step, or there's 10 things that have to be accomplished. You can take those items, you can put them in your memory palace, and then if you're having a conversation with someone or if you need to to make sure you, you do 10 things today, you can go through and you can pick those things off and make sure that everything gets done. Yes, you could write things down, but this is also the, the next benefit of this is that when you remember something, it opens it up so that you can take things higher, take your understanding higher on a certain topic. Okay. Can you give us an example? So there's an example of this. It's called Bloom's Taxonomy, where... Some people may be familiar with this, and it, I've seen it in, in some education textbooks and that type of thing. And it shows a pyramid, and there are six different categories of learning. Memory is the absolute bottom. But I almost liken it to, uh, maybe here's a sales reference, Greg. Uh, the, the memory helps you get your foot in the door. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to go, if you, when, you, when you're doing a sales call, if you get in, it doesn't mean you're going to sell the product. But you can take it to that next level. You can take it to the next step. So for instance, if you're working on a project with work and you have to learn some, some new skill, great. You memorize some, all the key facts and then now that you know those key facts, it's still up to you to take it and apply it or make sure you can analyze things or, or create something based on that new information to really make sure it's, it's solidified in your brain. So memory in itself isn't going to make you a superstar, 
but it's that first level where it helps. It's almost like a springboard where you can just jump off and dive into something deeper and get more out of it. So, Greg, I'll just list off quickly the the six categories in this Bloom's Taxonomy. The first one, the bottom one, it would be remember. The next one would be to understand. So that's more writing out your explanation. You, so you can sort of you can prove that you understand what you've memorized. Applying then is taking that information that you've learned and showing how it can be used in different situations. The next level then is to is to analyze it. Above that would be to evaluate. And then the highest point of the pyramid, the peak of the pyramid, would be to create. So the creating would be taking all the information you've memorized and understood and applied and making something completely new, even in a different area, a different scope, and showing that you, you completely understand the information. So that's part of it, too, is that you don't have, have to completely agree with all the ideas in this Bloom's taxonomy. But the idea being, again, that you have to know the information, that that gives you that solid base. And then as you go up, it takes, obviously, a, a deeper level of thinking but certainly you're going to be be more powerful in your in your command of that information. Okay. So a lot of what we talked about in the previous episode was more along the lines of being on a game show where you had a whole bunch of things. I think there was a game called Concentration or it might have been Match Game. I can't remember what it was called where you would have to look at a board and it would all go away and then you'd have to sort of pick where things were and you'd win a prize. This takes it a little bit to the next step. It's funny because before we got on the line, we had a previous conversation and after that I had I went online and did a little bit of research and I found something really interesting with respect to memory. And I read that people forget if something was never actually learned. So someone may have heard something, someone someone may have read something, but if it was never actually learned, then chances are they're going to forget it. And with this Bloom's taxonomy, it sounds like it takes it through all of these different steps. Right. And that that's exactly it. And we all know that, right? Where we've we've spent time, we've learned something, and then maybe six days or six weeks later, you think back to something you've learned, and you're like, I don't even remember what it was. But during that time when you were in it, you you remembered the information. But because you didn't go deeper, it goes away. Again, for that, if you really want to take something, internalize it and memorize it and remember it for a long time to come, it's not a quick hit. It's not you don't sit there and look at it for ten seconds and then and then you're good forever. Usually it takes that, it takes a bit of reinforcement. And then you got to take it against that next level to really make sure that you're you're building upon what you know and connecting it with other ideas that you already you already have. It makes sense because it seems these days we're just so hurried all the time. I mean, we're connected 24-7. And if we have a project that we have to do or a presentation that we have to make or a report that we have to prepare for, quite often we're we're doing it the next night. And I'm thinking how in terms of preparing even speeches, how this can be applied, because obviously when you do your speeches, you're going to do some research, right? And then, of course, you have to understand that research. You apply it by maybe starting to prepare, doing a few dry runs, go back, analyze what you've done. Maybe you give the speech once, you go back and evaluate it, and then you end up with something new. So at the end of the day, you've taken all the things that you've learned, processed them, and now you have a final product. Would it be fair to say that this is an ongoing process? It's not just a one shot where you start start at the bottom of the pyramid and you work your way up to the top? Right. And you know, one of the things that I've been learning too as I go, and it's nothing that's earth shattering, but it's just something it's one of those, I think those truths in life that we all know but we don't always do, is that you can learn something and understand it, but to take it to that that deeper level, you usually have to sit down and just type something out. 
the benefit of well, for us as, as Toastmasters giving speeches, it's great if you're able to talk about something. But if you do want to take it to that next level, this is a tip that I've been uh, maybe I can give that I've been something I've been using myself is just sitting down. And after I've memorized these, uh, these, you know, say five or 10 points, whatever you've learned that you're going to use for your speech, sit down and just take your time to just carefully craft out a whatever it is, doesn't even matter the length, 500 words, 1,000 words, some sort of personal essay you're writing, free writing. Don't worry about the the correct, perfect grammar or whatever else. It's more getting the ideas out. Because when you write, you actually can take more time. You know, when you give a, a one-minute table topic or two-minute table topic, it's like, boom, it's done. But when you sit down and you spend 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever, writing, you sit there and you think carefully about what you're going to say. And now if someone, if you were to spend 30 minutes writing, I guarantee if someone the next day asked you a table topic about that topic, you know, he could speak for days on that topic probably. So it's the real, there's a real, real benefit that I'm learning to taking the time to lay that foundation to remember it using memory techniques. And then you start going deeper into the understanding and application phase, at least the next couple of levels by just sitting down and doing some writing. And that's even taking it to that second or third level of the understanding really helps solidify what you have in your brain and helps, again, take what you already know, combine the new information, and then you're able to, again, use it for something more than what it was when you started with. Okay, so just so I understand, when you're writing, you're just basically doing a brain dump, right? You're taking everything out of your head and you're just getting it down there. Or you can you can do that, or you can also say, so there's maybe five points to give me a good speech, or whatever you want to say, five five points in a main speech, maybe introduction, you know, main body, whatever. So you, you briefly describe what an introduction is or maybe some cool tips you have for an introduction or whatever. So you take the, the whatever you've memorized and then you go deeper on it. And then you write the next thing you've memorized and go deeper on it, apply it to something else. Maybe bring in an example of something you've already learned in your life. And just, again, taking those ideas from your, your life and putting them on paper. And then you sit down and you're like, ah, that's pr- a pretty weak argument. I would never really say that. I find sometimes where I have ideas – and then when I sit down and start writing, the new ideas that come to me when I'm writing are better than the ones I had before I started. Okay. Now you talked about memorizing facts and figures, and we talked about numbers and faces in the last episode. Yeah. In terms of absorbing the material for your classes or in terms of anyone trying to learn something new, how do you go about memorizing concepts? Is there a different technique that you use to memorize a concept rather than a key factor figure? It's very, very similar. A lot of times for memory competitions, they'll give you one word. If a competition, I, I want just one word, and I would do this for a speech too. I would take one word or two words, and I can make a picture based on those two words, and I would put that on one of my little hooks, one, on one of my spots in my memory palace. What I did for when I was memorizing phrases is I took several images for one phrase, and then I put them all together and I put that on one hook. So I, I took several images and I, I chained them together. So this thing was doing this. Maybe an elephant was biting a, a person and that person was on a skateboard and then something else. And all those things linked together then to give me that an idea of the concept. It doesn't have to always make sense, but it's more if you can look at something and it triggers an idea in your mind, then you're, you're all set up. Okay, so what was the memory of the elephant on the skateboard? What were you referring to? That was a generic example. Okay, super. A lot of this seems to be sort of tough to visualize, especially since we're on audio. So what I was wondering, Kevin, 
Could you perhaps, you made reference to your house. Could you perhaps walk us through an example? Now, I know you're also taking Spanish courses, so you might be translating on the fly here. I'd love to be able to give our listeners a, a concrete example of something perhaps that you've absorbed or taken in or that you've learned or memorized, if you will, and walk us through the house as to how you would put things into perspective or how you would place things. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like a great idea, Greg. For one of my courses, this was a Spanish, one of the Spanish courses I took, I was teaching uh, based on certain principles. I used my series of images. I used to live in Yellowknife in the Northwest Territories in Canada. And so I have a list of ones where I've got my house. I've got this uh, big hill I used to play on. I go down into my school. And so I've, I can go in a, and actually I can sort of visualize my way through the school and some of the classes I was in and the and the gymnasium and all those sorts of things. So I'm just thinking in my my grade six class, and I always try and do about five spots per room. That way two rooms gives me 10. If I do 10 per room, 10 is just a lot. Um, so if I look into it in the my grade six room in Yellowknife, I see the Burger King prince. He's actually a king, but I in my head I kind of I'm kind of liking the Burger King guy to a prince. And the word I'm remembering is principios básicos. So that's just that's just the, so I know the heading. So I've got a heading now. I go on and I can I can visualize this this part this part where I had um, we used to always put our skateboards. And so I've got the Rolling Stone, you know that Rolling Stone tongue on people always have on T-shirts. He's I got Licks Kami, and I've got I've got Nikolai Volkov who is an old time uh, wrestler. The, the Rolling Stone tongue is licking Nikolai Volkov. <laughs> He's got a can and a string. It makes no sense to anyone else, but for me, it makes sense. And so I took all of that, and so my meaning here was la lengua es un instrumento de comunicación. And it goes on and on and on from there. So it's I have la lengua because that's the t- that's tongue in Spanish, and so it goes and goes and goes and goes, which tongue obviously also means language in, in Spanish as well. So it has meaning for me. Again, it's completely random for the average person, but it worked. And I was able to go through, and if I had said, if I thought to myself, okay, what are these five or six points, whatever it is, I could just sit there. I would always be on the bus or on the train going to school, and I'd go through all my lists. So I was practicing every day when I was going to school, every day when I was coming home, I was practicing at least one of my lists to try and recall these things. And when it came time for the test, hey, it all worked out pretty well. You gave a phrase in Spanish. What did that mean? So the, the whole phrase that I, I memorized here with the Rolling Stone licking Nikolai Volkov is the language is an instrument of communication that you're they're able to use to improve how you communicate in real life situations. That was why those three or four pictures I used to learn that whole section of information. And it's interesting because it's potentially doubly challenging for you because not only do you have to recall or memorize the concept, but it's also in a second language. And it was a big thing. And it took me longer, I think, than if I would have learned all these things in English. But definitely that constant reinforcement of reviewing this daily, most of these things daily, helped a lot in my overall understanding of the concepts. Excellent. I'm going to ask you one last question, Kevin. And this sometimes could bring up debate. Should, If we're talking, let's say, a presentation or we're talking about a report, should people memorize it word for word? This is the, again, this is the, the, the idea open to debate. I mean, we have talked about this the last time too. I've got certain feelings on this. One is 
The answer is yes and no. And I think I may have said the same thing too. The answer is always yes if there's something official and something that has to be read word for word and nothing can be left out. For, I would say, 1% of all presentations, yes. For the 99% that most people are going to do, no, absolutely not. And the reason why is, again, you can sit there and you can spend time memorizing, but most of the time we've already rehearsed our speech. We know the information. And so an example of this, a good example of how we could use this is if we were talking about Bloom's taxonomy, if I was giving you a presentation on that, I wouldn't go through I don't have to go through and say the bottom level is remember. I will recall with facts that like it's no, it's the bottom level is remember. I'll take a make a picture so I remember, remember. The second level is understand. I'll remember, understand. So all I need to know is I go from remember to understand to apply to analyze, to evaluate, and create. And I can, I've either rehearsed the speech or I know I have enough background information that I can fill in the gaps from there. So I would recommend not doing that because it's so, it's such a stressful situation for people to memorize things that, you know me, Greg, I, I love people when they talk from the heart. And sometimes when things are memorized, it doesn't always appear that it's coming from the heart to the, to the listeners. You know, based on what you're sharing with us today, I think I've learned something already. In the past, I would probably have taken this pyramid or Bloom's taxonomy, I would have created an acronym, probably from the first letter of each word. But as we're speaking, I'm thinking, for some reason, I'm hungry and I'm thinking about an apple pie. And yeah. I could think about, you know, remembering to buy the ingredients, you know, understand what the recipe says, and then sort of build it from there to the point where I've created my apple pie. What do you think of that? Does that make sense? Yeah, and, and this is... This is really how I structured my memorization for my course is I did those things where if, if I really knew the information well, I would just do remember, understand, apply. But if I needed to go deeper, I could. I could do remember and do, you know, one spot here, re recalling basic concepts. So I'd make a second picture for the bullet point beneath it, but that would be it. I would always have the, the header as one. And then if I needed a bullet point underneath it, I would add the bullet point And that way I just I've got it. So only add really what you need. Only the necessities is the only thing I would say. It's so powerful. It really, it takes a little bit of effort. It does take some effort when you first start because you're like, oh, oh, so I got to go in my house and I got to, I got to picture certain, you know, five things per room. Yeah. Okay. That'll take you 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And then maybe it might take you five or 10 minutes to memorize, the, you know, these five or 10 facts. Once you've done that though, Again, if you're driving to work, you can rehearse it. If you're going to school, you can rehearse it. And then when you're practicing your speech, ditch those notes and just try and talk from your memory and see how well you do. You can always review the notes and go back and fill in the details. But I find it's more powerful if you're just speaking from your memory, speaking from your heart. And usually people give speeches on things they know well anyway. So I think it's, it's a pretty powerful technique. Kevin Oxner. Thank you very much for, pardon the pun, taking us down memory lane. Oh, boy. <laughs> if people want to find you, how can they remember to find you? <laughs> you can head over to visualproductivity.net. Kevin Oxner, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much, Greg. Uh, can you just tell me, Greg, I forget where I parked my car. <laughs> I'm leaving this in, too. <laughs> <laughs> Always a pleasure, Greg. Thanks so much. Once again, this is Greg Gazin. We appreciate you tuning in. 
Now, I'm not sure how you joined us, whether you joined us through directly through Toastcaster.com or iTunes, but either way, you can pick up the podcasts there. If you really enjoyed the podcast, we'd really appreciate if you took a moment to leave us some feedback on iTunes because it really helps with our ratings. Plus, also feel free to drop us a line. Tell us what types of things you're interested in, what your Toastmaster specialty is, or what kinds of things you like to speak about. And perhaps maybe we'll even have you on the show. This is Greg Gazin. Till the next time. This episode was sponsored by Corey Outsmarts the Butterflies. A new book by Greg Gazin, geared to ages 8 to 80. Whether you want to improve your speaking skills or build your confidence, this short read is suitable for all ages. It's available at outsmartingthebutterflies.com.